Exciting news at This Week Health. Starting May 16th, our keynote show is moving to Thursdays. Catch every episode weekly on our This Week Health conference channel. Don't miss conversations with top health system leaders designed to transform healthcare one connection at a time. Subscribe to This Week Health conference and stay updated every Thursday. Today on This Week in Health IT. Healthcare is hard, but hopefully through the accelerator, we can help them make those adjustments quickly and create solutions that are helpful for Cedar sinai helpful for hospitals around the country, and actually get those products into the hands of clinicians and patients who can use them. It's Newsday. My name is Bill Russell. I'm a former CIO for a 16 hospital system and creator of This Week in Health IT, a channel dedicated to keeping health IT staff current and engaged. Special thanks to Sirius Healthcare, Health Lyrics, and Worldwide Technology, who are our Newsday show sponsors for investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health IT leaders. Just a quick note before we get to our show, we launched a new podcast today in health IT. We look at one story every weekday morning and we break it down from a health IT perspective. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts at Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, you name it, we're out there. You can also go to todayinhealthit.com. And now on to today's show. All right, we have another interview from the Chime floor. And today we're joined by Ann Wellington, who is well, you recently promoted. Yes. So you have two roles. Tell us about two, two roles. roles. My newest role is Executive Director of Digital Strategy at Cedar sinai So I am helping to lead work around Digital Front Door, a lot of our consumer and patient-facing efforts, and that's sort of a new area for me to move into. And for the past three and a half years, I've been the Managing Director of the Cedar sinai Accelerator, and I'm still filling that role right now as well. The Accelerator's fun. It we, is fun. We can go in a lot of different directions, can't we? We can go I into mean, a lot of directions. Because the, the Digital st Strategy for... Cedar sinai would be uh, one direction we could go. We could go in the accelerator direction. I saw some of your, your companies up at the health conference. Yeah, so I mean, we've had companies at health and we had companies here and they're talking about sort of how we're working together. It's been fun. Recently, we've brought a lot of our companies that have had a chance to deploy at Cedars and we're getting really sort of scaled up on working with some of these early stage companies. So for those who don't know, an accelerator is a company that's already established they're looking to really go to the next level. They come in and they get to work very closely with yes. the Cedars team. Not only the IT and the technology, but also the clinicians. And, and your cl clinicians are very bought in. They're very bought in. And this is our, currently we're in the midst of our seventh class. So we've had about 64 companies come through and be part of the accelerator. And they come in, we work with them closely in the health system. Uh, I know that there's programs where they work with the innovation team. That's not us. We are facilitators to get them connected into leadership, into stakeholders, directly to the clinicians who'd be using the products. And it's really helpful. It's cool to see the energy that early stage companies bring in. They have a fantastic mindset of we're going to change the world, fix healthcare, move fast, and bringing that into the health system and that sort of energy and aligning that with the actual needs of the organization really is a powerful combination. Is there, for some of them, I assume there's like a reality check. Oh yeah. I mean, so it's, it's we're gonna change the world, we're gonna do these things, and then they start to sit down and go, <laughs> the famous quote, man, healthcare is harder than we thought it was. <laughs> healthcare is hard, yes, it definitely. I think there's a reality check sometimes, but there's also just an alignment. Like I always say, any company that comes in is gonna pivot. Whether that's one degree or a 180, they're gonna have to make some adjustments based on the reality of working in a health system. 
but hopefully through the accelerator, we can help them make those adjustments quickly and create solutions that are helpful for Cedars-Sinai, helpful for hospitals around the country, and actually get those products into the hands of clinicians and patients who can use them. Yeah, so the beautiful thing about the accelerator is some of those companies would meander for a, a fair yeah. amount of time. They come in, they go through the accelerator, they could do that 180, come out the other side with something that is relevant to yeah. health systems around the country. Well, and we say, and when I talk to people internally about how to best help these companies and help them sort of grow and improve, the thing we always say is the best answer is yes, but the second best answer is a clear no. So sometimes, especially in academic medicine, people want to be polite, they want to be supportive, and so if something's not going to work, they're like, oh, I'm not sure. That's not helpful to startups. What's helpful is, nope, you're way off base, here's how you can correct, and let's do it quickly and let's make that adjustment so you don't spend months or even years just sort of wandering and trying to figure things out. But I have seen a lot of startups who, their, their eyes are wide, they get that meeting with, with Cedars, and they sit down and, well, Darren's not there anymore, so we could talk about it. But Darren would say, can you do this? And they'd sit there and go, yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Nowhere is it like what they actually do. But when you're sitting across from, from an influential leader, a, a CIO or CMO or, or whoever, and they say, can you do this for our health system? That is kind of an alluring kind of thing, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yes. And we talk a lot with companies about that balance of focus versus being forward thinking. So they want, we want them to have a core initial product that they get right. They understand product market fit. They understand the value prop. We talk a lot about focusing on that. And then if you're getting all these requests and feedback and suggestions, they, how does that fit into the roadmap? Because it is hard to say, no, we can't do that if you think. And I always tell people, entrepreneurs are the most optimistic people in the world. And so when someone says, can you do this? They think, of course, sure. I've got a great team. I've got all these engineers. I can do anything. And so it's a little bit of balancing that optimism of focusing on what really is the core functionality and core sort of strength of the company. Is it too hard? For, I, I don't want you to have to pick your favorite child. I can't pick a favorite child. But... but how about a success story? Like, what's a, a success story from this? Sure. Company? I'll tell a, a, a success story that's ongoing right now and that we're scaling up is we, class six of the accelerator was earlier this uh, year, so January through April 2021. One of the companies we brought into that was called Diligent Robotics. They're a company out of Texas that has built social robots that are designed to interact with people, be on the hospital floors, not behind the scenes and support our nursing staff. And when we brought the robot, there were some nurses saying, oh, here's the robots, they're here to take our jobs, it's finally happening. But really, as we've deployed robots at the hospital and they've been there to help bring supplies, take lab uh, samples, drop that off, bring, take out the trash, do a lot of tasks that take away from nurses and care partners being able to practice at the top of their license, They've really embraced the robots, and so it's fun to... Did they, like, name the robots? The, the robot's name is Moxie, so all of the robots are all Moxie. But Moxie is, like I said, she's a social robot, so if you say Moxie's name, her eyes turn into little hearts, and she'll chirp and beep at you, and they've really so, embraced... So is, this, is this like... It, it, it's a mobile... It's mobile. Moxie's about yay high and has an arm that can be used to pick things up or press the buttons on the elevator, a scan a badge if Moxie needs to get into an area that requires badge access, and also has lockable compart 
compartments so that we can put in supplies or things that Mach so is bringing around. And it also has intelligence for like self-driving car kind of stuff. It can make its way around. Yeah, I think uh, the, the founder would probably not like to hear me make this analogy, but imagine a Roomba that maps and understands the, the well, environment Roombas it's in. are pretty in. dumb. They just keep running into things. This is not... <laughs> it's smarter that. than that. It, yeah. ma it uses sort of similar scanning technology to make a map and then has ongoing computer vision to understand there's a person, there's a fire extinguisher, there's a door, and navigate a crowded hallway of a hospital and be able to move through the hospital. If there's a startup thinking about the accelerator right now, what, what problems, I mean, we have a nursing shortage, we, we're coming through a pandemic. I mean, there's, there's a, lot of, a lot of challenges, but the, the labor shortage is one to me that is top of mind. I've talked yeah. to a fair number of people. Are there technologies that you're looking at right now that is almost like what you're talking about with Moxie? I mean, we, we don't want nurses taking out the garbage. We don't right. want, that is going to alleviate, take away some of that, that, that work that they don't want to do. Exactly, anything that helps clinicians practice at the top of their licenses, and whether that's nurses and some of the tasks that they have to do for patient care, whether that's physicians and documentation, whether that is follow-up phone calls and things like that that take a lot of time and maybe don't add the most value. We're looking for solutions that can help avoid clinician burnout, help people be as efficient and effective as possible. And really when I think about where does technology fit into the overall, are we taking away clinician jobs or are we actually freeing them to spend more time with patients? And so what we think about is we want clinician technology to enable them to have more face time with patients, not putting technology in front of them and taking clinicians away. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You used to report to Darren. I did. Darren was digital strategy. Darren was anything having to do with digital strategy, the accelerator. What? But, okay, so Darren leaves. Yes. Goes to Press Ganey. Now he's doing what he's doing. And I think one of the interesting aspects of this is digital strategy. You now report into strategy. I'm in strategy now. So now both digital strategy and the accelerator roll up into our strategy department. Wow. So help me to understand that alignment. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. About sure. Well, and I'll say, even though we roll up into strategy, we still have relationships with our IT department. We have relationships with our tech ventures and tech transfer department that helps commercialize research technologies. And then for digital strategy in particular, connecting into marketing as well. So all of these initiatives are very matrixed in the organization in terms of who's involved. But when we think about What's our overall goal? It really is these strategic goals to help us grow the health system, to help bring in new patients, to help us be sort of at the top of provider mindshare mind of where do I want to be, where do I want to work, what's an innovative organization that's doing interesting things. So making sure that we're strategically aligned to the sort of growing health system, being in strategy helps us stay connected to all of those initiatives. So I'm going to describe this. The, the accelerator's over here, and I know it's right in the middle of everything. It's not that... We're, not, we're right here. I, I know. Not, you're right here. But the digital strategy probably has its own governance group. And yes. Its own, and, and what they're really looking at is, okay, these accelerator companies are great, and they're doing those things. And if something really is wildly, we'll put it into the governance process. We'll look at expanding and scaling it, those kinds of things. I assume that's how it works. Yeah, so I think whenever we bring a company into the accelerator, we're looking for an internal champion, an internal stakeholder to say, hey, this is aligned with initiatives I'm working on. And so one of the nice things is we can bring in companies that are aligned to digital strategy, and that rolls right in, but we'll continue to bring in companies that 
are tackling sort of other aspects of the organization. So it's not exclusively like a digital strategy accelerator, but we can make sure that that's particularly aligned. It's interesting. The, the movement to strategy I see as a maturing of the process. I think so. It's essentially saying, look, this is core to who we are going to be as a health system moving forward. Therefore, it is... It is our strategy. Absolutely, and I think making certain that, and even while we rolled up into IT, we were very, tried to be very clear that these are not IT initiatives that the IT or EIS department is bringing in to say, oh, these are IT projects. It was really that we're serving the whole organization in trying to be a part of the innovation activities. And so moving into strategy really aligns and says this is not just helpful in the short term, but this is strategically important to the organization. So you and Darren were kind enough to allow me to take this week in health IT through the accelerator process. I wish I had, I, we should have had the cameras there. And, cause it was, oh, that would have been fun. It was to, a really interesting, maybe, the, maybe we should do it again. And, we can and, do it again. And, and think, think through it that, that way. But it was interesting because we went through the interview process, we talked to the team. Clearly there was not going to be a fit. I mean, we're in digital media and but I wish we knew more about media but we were not going to be super helpful no and, and your clinicians <laughs> are sort of looking at me going this is interesting but you know I've, they probably would have liked to be on the show but I don't know if we could have helped you grow it well that's I'm getting asked that a fair amount and I think what I'm going to do is is as the pandemic starts to wane I think I'm going to travel around the country go to different health systems and do this kind of thing yeah. 10 minute interviews with a handful of people talking about how innovation. So that's my, my pitch for what I, I do. I that's a great do idea. Do you want to close with your pitch for the Accelerator? When's your next class? Our next class, and I'll do it into the camera, <laughs> our next class is going to be summer 2022. So we'll open applications for that early 2022. Those will probably close in about March. And then we'll go through that review process and select around 10 companies to participate in the Accelerator next summer. How many do you think you'll get? How many applications? Yeah. Usually we get 350 to 450, and we select 8 to 10. So it is a pretty rigorous process. And, and a, I mean, you made a, it to the top 10 when well, you were but there's a the pretty, top there's a pretty That big horseshoe was kind of intimidating. There to, is a part of the process where we uh, select about a top 40 or 50 companies, and they get to pitch to health system senior leadership. So our clinical chairs, our operational leaders. And so there's a big group of people in the room a little bit Shark Tank style, who uh, get to listen to the pitches, ask a bunch of questions, and every founder says it's a little bit intimidating when you do it, but yeah. it's helpful. And I have that hallway coming out of Shark Tank. I'd like to be like the interview <laughs> at the other side, say, how was the experience? What did you think? I think that would that'd be fun to do once. Anyway, I'm, that's my pitch to you. I think that would be be interesting to really highlight. You should, that would be fun to have you sort of embedded in the process and, and get them, get the insight. We have, interestingly, being in Los Angeles, we've had reality show producers ask us if they can do a show about the accelerator, especially once they learn companies come from all over, they rent usually at Airbnb, they're all like... But it can skew the, the whole thing. Oh yeah, we've always said no. But I can imagine the reality show, it's like, well, tell me about your relationship with your father. It's like, what, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like, well, we want to, we want, they want ratings. Yeah. What they want. And so it's going to skew the process. Oh yeah. I know we've, we've been approached by it. We've always said, no, it's not where we're interested in taking the program. And they're very interested in getting this. They're like, so it's a competition. And I'm like, no, it's not. They just come in and we work with them and they're like, but are they. But you've had like, people that didn't make the top 10. They come back. Oh yeah. We've had. I think one company applied four times before they got in, and sometimes it's 
maturity of the company and just readiness of the health system. And we have to make sure that the company is at a point where we can really give meaningful feedback and that we're at a point where we have the right people, processes, and appetite for whatever they're developing. Yeah, I, I interview some of the successful, I mean, different category. Like Glenn Tolman, we, we sat down and had a conversation. The thing I get from him is not only does he understand the technology, but he understands it's not about the technology. He is solving a specific healthcare problem. He also understands the financials and how money moves, which is not easy. It's not easy. Because people think, oh, well, we'll just get the consumers to pay for it. Well, the consumers don't want to pay for anything, yeah. for starters. And then they go, well, but then we'll we'll get money this way. This PMPM is my favorite. And if I had taken all the PMPM deals that came to me at St. Joe's, they would have bankrupt. Yeah. I mean, it's, and everybody's like, well, it's only a dollar PMPM. I'm like, that's, that's 12 bucks a, a year right. for every patient. And we had millions of patients. And so, I, I mean, understanding that aspect, do you, do you find that's a lot of the coaching is understanding the... the uh... For some companies, yeah. Understanding the economics of the hospital and the complex economics of how, which are the different patients, what's our payer mix and how does that affect your product? And for some companies that matters a lot. For some companies it is, if it's more of an infrastructure thing, it matters less sort of per patient, but then we think about, well then how are you pricing it and how do you scale up that pricing in a way that you can create a viable business, but also is reasonable given sort of the portfolio that we have. And we help a little bit companies understand, look, here's where a solution like yours would fall into the spectrum of companies that we're working with from a pricing perspective. This is going along, but I have one more question. Do you do direct to consumer? We don't do... We typically don't do direct-to-consumer. We do primarily B2B. The only hesitation I am, you're seeing in my answer here is sometimes we'll do a consumer or a patient-facing product if it has a clinician-facing portion as well. We don't do purely direct-to-consumer, so like the next Fitbit or the next Noom or things like that. If they don't have a provider-facing portion that an organization like Cedars would be the customer for, we don't work with them. So that's that. Your model is how does it how does it serve Cedars as we serve the community? Yeah, and the reasoning for that is twofold. One, we are looking for solutions that we will be able to use, but also where we can offer the most insight and expertise. That's, we don't know yeah. how to build a consumer technology product, but we do know a lot about how to use and deploy uh, healthcare specific. Um, chronic condition. Yeah, and, things yeah. like that. So we want to be useful to the companies we work with, and we think that the consumer companies we might not be as useful to. And thank you for your time. Yeah, really great, good to talk to you. Great to talk to you. What a great discussion. If you know of someone that might benefit from our channel from these kinds of discussions, please forward them a note. Perhaps your team, your staff. I know if I were a CIO today, I would have every one of my team members listening to this show. It's, it's conference-level value every week. They can subscribe on our website, thisweekhealth.com, or they can go wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Overcast, which is what I use, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're out there. They can find us. Go ahead, subscribe today, send a note to someone and have them subscribe as well. We want to thank our channel sponsors who are investing in our mission to develop the next generation of health IT leaders. Those are VMware, Hillrom, Starbridge Advisors, Aruba, and McAfee. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.